Galatians 4, 4 4-7. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his Son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Uh, Some of you have not been with us for uh, all of leading up to Advent and into Advent. And so let me just give you a little recap of what we've done and and invite you to find us on our podcast. And so maybe you would want to go back and listen to some of those sermons. But leading uh, uh, up to Advent, Advent which began, 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 began the last Sunday of November, we began, uh, we were dealing with a series called uh, Who is Jesus? And all that we talked about was that Jesus was more than what we actually believe or see or know. So we might say Jesus is a teacher, but we know that he's more than a teacher. Or Jesus is uh, revolutionary, but we know that he's more than a revolutionary. In the end, we said Jesus is a, a, a man, but in fact, he is more than a man. He is God himself come to earth in his steadfast love and his pursuit in order to bring us into whole relationship with who he is and what he longs for us to be. And then as we move from there, we went into Advent. And in Advent, we began to discover in our searching for hope and joy and love and faith that Jesus actually is the one who brings that to us so that we can have that fulfillment in God. And then over Christmas Eve and on Christmas Day, we actually told the whole story through song and scripture reading about this God who is majestic and mighty and truth and justice and and love coming and pursuing us relentlessly. And that wasn't the end of the story. And if today, if you look in your worship folder, right after the scripture is reading, you will see the title of this sermon. And it says, not just Jesus. The passage that we read today is part of this great book, this letter that Paul has written to the church in Galatia and those churches that are around there. And and what he's dealing with is a group of people who are telling new believers, new followers of Christ that they're not good enough, that they've not done enough, that they are not following the right rules and prescriptions in order to be called children of God. And in the midst of it, he says this beautiful thing to them. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship because you are his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts and the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer slaves, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Now, the first thing that we recognize in this is that it's not just Jesus who is the Son of God. 
Now, Jesus is God. Let's not get ourselves confused here. He, he is God. And then as he comes as Jesus Christ, he is the son of God who calls out to his father. Now, it's the dance of the Trinity. And, and, and honestly, if we wanted to stay here all day, which I'm sure most of you don't want to, we still wouldn't unravel the mystery that is the Trinity. But there's an entrance here that happens, this move that takes place for those who believe in Christ. They move from being something to something else. We are all created by God. We all have the divine image that is built into us. We are the image bearer of God. So maybe the, the best way to think of it is every person that we encounter, everyone that we come in contact with in this world, they are a reflection of who God is. They are a reflection that gives us an insight into who God is. But at the time that had fully come, through Jesus... We move from being just an image bearer of God, being created by God, into being sons and daughters of God, to becoming children of God. It moves us from being a reflection of who God is to being a representative of who God is. Now, there's responsibility that comes with that. Everyone in the world is a reflection of who God is. A, a fallen, broken, cracked, sometimes severely distorted understanding of who God is. But then as Christ invites us in, as in the set time he fully moves us into the place of adoption and renewal, we become a representative of who God is. Why is that? Because we're joined with Christ. And, and what do we know about Christ? Christ is, Colossians tells us, the full understanding and image of God come to earth. That in Jesus Christ, we see all of who God is. We understand all of who his heart is. That he is the accurate and complete representation of flesh, God walking around. The, we then are moved into Christ, this is what Paul says, and in doing that, we become that representation. Now still, our reflection is often cracked and our representation is often flawed. But God in his great mercy and grace and love to us says, no, but that's the way I want the world to know who I am. Through broken, flawed, cracked representations of who I am because they will then see Jesus, who is the perfection of who I am. So we recognize the first thing here is that we move in this place from being just a reflection to being a representation, just being an image bearer to being a child of God through what Christ has done. Now, interestingly enough, here's this little twist that, that Paul and John do for us. It says here and reminds us that God sent his son, what, born of a woman and born under the law. Now, John, when he's telling us about who Jesus is and introducing who Jesus is, reminds us of this in, his, in John chapter 1, verse 1 through 14. 
He said he did not come into, he came into his own and his and to his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God who were born what? Not of blood, not of the will of flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. Notice what happens here. We recognize that Jesus is born under the law. He's born physically just like we as humanity is born. And then God says, because I have allowed him to be born that way, desired and planned for him to be born that way, I now can birth you through Holy Spirit into who I am. It changes our identity. Our identity is not placed on the way that we were born. Our identity is placed on the way that we are reborn in God through Christ. That while we have all flesh around us, and it sometimes causes us trouble, (laughs) it is through God's mercy and grace that we are then reborn as to who we are called to be, set aside to be, these representatives. So it's not just Jesus that's a child of God. It's not just Jesus that is the Son of God. It is you and I who are in Christ. We are also those children set up as representatives to the world of who God is. And so what does that mean for us? Well, for some, it might mean an invitation, an invitation for you to discover, oh, maybe I'm something more, something different, something larger, something magnificent that I didn't know that I was. Hear the Father, hear God, hear the Creator, hear those, the one who is full of love and mercy and truth call to you and say, I know who you are. I know who I created you to be. And for some of us, it's a good reminder because we often forget that God is the one who has transformed us and given us an identity that is truly his child. And that is the most important identity that we have. Nothing else that we put on ourselves. Nothing else that we might try to clothe ourselves in. But it is what God calls us as his children. So what does that give us? The first thing that it tells us that it gives us is that it gives us a pardon. That there's this place that we were undeserving to walk in this way with God, but because he sends Jesus, Jesus at the fullness of time makes the path possible through his life and his death and his resurrection. And so we have pardon for the things that are broken about us. We are moved from brokenness to completion. We recognize our brokenness, but we are complete in Christ. He has already done the work that needs to be done for us to stand in wholeness with who we are. That we are really children of God, not just Jesus, we are as well. And in that, then we move in towards that completion because we don't have to fear retribution. We don't have to fear shame that comes from those places where we recognize our brokenness. If anything, when we see our brokenness, we should mourn just as we see any brokenness in the world. We should say it should not be that way. That was not the intention of creation. It was supposed to be whole and complete, filled with love and mercy and grace. But it's broken. And so when we see it, we should mourn. But then in that mourning, we should allow it to turn to rejoicing because we know that God is revealing those things to us that we need to give back to him and allow God to transform them. 
Paul reminds us that God takes our darkness and makes it light. That's done in the pardon of Christ. So the first thing we recognize if we are really children of God is that we are pardoned, that there is something that has changed about who we are because we are no longer under the penalty of sin and death. The second thing that we see is it gives us position. It gives us position. If we are children of God, he says this, since you are a child, you are also an heir. Now, this is the NIV version. In other versions, uh, like the ESV, it'll say son all the way through it. It won't switch to child there at the end. Here's the reason why Paul has to use the word son here. Because when he's speaking here, just right before this, he says, now there is neither male nor female, Greek nor Jew, Scythian, right? He has to use the word son here because it's only the son at this time when he's writing this that will become an heir. And he wants to make the point that in Christ, when you become the child of God, you become an heir. That means you get all the privileges of the son in this day and age. For us, we know that it doesn't just, it's not, I mean, in our culture, there's other cultures where it's still just the son. That it is the children. It is who the person wants to give it to, quite honestly. Sadly, I know people who are Sons and daughters of people who have passed away and they've not gotten anything from their parents because of damaged, broken relationships. The heir is who the person who has it to give decides who to give it to. Jesus, through Jesus, we move and become children of God. When we become children of God, it says that God has desired to make us heirs that we receive a place of privilege. We receive a place where we walk in who God has made us to be and we receive all the blessings that God has given us. Now, sometimes we don't feel those blessings today. Because times are hard and the world is... Well, we just won't say that word. However, there are places in each one of our lives that part of what our heirship, part of what our placement of privilege is, is that we are those who in Christ recognize that we are not alone. Because if you are joined into being a child of God, you are also joined into the family of God. And the greatest privilege that we have in our position, the thing that we get to hold on to now and forevermore is that we have been grafted in to a gathering, a group, a a bringing together of something that is beyond all nature, which is built by God, which is his family. And so I am never alone. I'm never at a place of want, even though physically I may want, emotionally I may want, spiritually I may even want. There are people that God brings into my life that walk with me. There are people that come in and say, when you don't have faith, we have faith for you. When you actually can't believe this stuff. Because let's be honest, there are hard times that make it hard to believe this stuff. 
There are others who come in and say, I know that my faith, because of what Christ has done, is strong enough to carry you. There are places where we can't recognize our own brokenness, but there are those who are saying to us, I will confess your brokenness for you. You might not see it yet, but I am praying to the Father. I am praying to God on behalf of you, for you, so that, not that you'll wake up, but just saying automatically, they're broken. Not to say they're broken, but to say they're broken just like I'm broken. And they need your healing. They need your wholeness. Pursue them. So the great privilege that we have as, as heirs is not something that's to come. It is something that we receive right now that we've been brought in to this family. And because of that, we also have this, intimacy. I have a dear friend who anytime you ask him uh, about his faith, and this is a guy that I've known for over 20 years, he will say, well, I sure hope God likes me today. There's this sense for him <laughs> that he might do something today that will cause God to say, get out of the room. There, there's a sense for him for whatever reason it is, and I'm not quite sure. He's a lovely guy, and he doesn't do that much wrong. I mean, I tell him the stuff that I do, and he's shocked. So, I, But I, I hope I don't do something today that will get me kicked out of the room. What does it say that we have the spirit of? The Holy Spirit comes who calls out Abba, Father. That, that is Daddy. That is Papa. That is the most intimate way that you can say this to someone. It, it is that little child climbing up in the lap, grabbing hold, in my case, of my beard, and playing with it. When my daughters want to feel safe, they sit in my lap and they rub my beard. I hate people touching my face. It's because I used to have hair and I hated people touching my hair, but that's gone and so now it's just my face. I picked it up from my dad. He didn't like that either. They, they, they play with my beard. When it's really long, they like to really hold on to it. When it's this short, they just rub it. And they're just saying, Daddy. When we've been placed as children of God, we have that intimacy, that depth, that place where we can sit in the lap of God. And he probably doesn't have a beard, but play with his beard. He, he doesn't look at us with his checkbook, notebook, ready to go. You've hit three. That means there's no double demerits with God. 
This is, this is Christmas weekend, and so if you do something wrong this weekend, when it's the celebration of the birth of then the double demerits. That, that's not, God doesn't work that way. God says that through Christ I see you as holy, as righteous, as pure, as my child. So climb up in my lap and play with my beard. Sit here and say to me, Daddy, Papa, I need you. I want you. I long for you. And then he lets us down. Oh, no, no, he didn't. He holds us. And he says, perhaps you need some brothers and sisters. And his lap is big enough to grab them all up. And he pulls them in. And he says, this is your privilege. This is your heirdom that you have this intimacy with me and with those who are here with you. Uh, Here's the thing that we get by being a child is we no longer have to fear God. We no longer have to fear bondage. There are things in our lives that we hold on to, that we allow to, to, to be dressed ourselves in. There are things that we are like, this is who I am, or this is what has a hold of me, or this is a belief that I can't let go of, or, or this is a thing that I want to be seen as. And God says, I want to strip all those away so that I can put on my clothes for you. Here is my righteousness Here is my purity. Here is my mercy. And so we are no longer slaves. That means we're no longer in bondage. But we are set free. So it's not just Jesus that we're talking about here. It's that in Christ we become children of God. When I was a teenager growing up, my dad, when I would go out most weekends, and most of the time he would say this, as I was getting ready to leave after we've kind of negotiated when I was supposed to get back in and, and what we were doing. I had great parents. My parents never gave me a curfew. It was basically based on what I was doing. Uh, and so I could create what we were doing. And I made sure that we always did at least a facsimile of what we were doing. And then I would have a time frame that I was supposed to be in by based on that. But when I would leave, he would look at me as I was walking out the door usually, and he would say this. He would say, uh, just remember who you are and whose you are. Just remember who you are and whose you are. Now, part of that was you're a hinkle, and I'm a preacher, and don't get yourself in trouble because there's lots of people that know us in this community. There was a bit of that in there. Like, I don't need to hear back from Officer Riley that you did something. So remember who who you are, you're a hinkle, and whose you are, you're my son. But deeper than that was the reminder that who you are is a child of God, and whose you are is God's own, that he holds you. For us today who are in Christ, that is the truth. That is the reality. Who you are as you are God's child in Christ. Whose you are as you belong solely to God, the creator and sustainer of the universe. And if you are here today and you don't know if that's who you are, now is the perfect time 
to hear God say to you, come sit on my lap. I know who you are. I know more about you than you know about yourself. Those things that you think you've hidden from everybody else, I know. Sit on my lap. Play with my beard. You are my child. And you belong to me. He invites you in to that today. Let me pray for us. Father, in all that we do and all that we say here today, we ask that they be your words. And if they're not your words, we ask that they, they burn up and they fly away. But if they are, we ask that they'll take root in our hearts so that they will bring glory and honor to you and that they will transform us, taking uh, us from a place of shame and, and darkness to a place of light and boldness to stand in who you've created us to be. Thank you, Jesus, for being the way for us to walk. Let us hear you singing your love song over us today. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.